Birchwood podcast is brought to you by the Spludcast and Boys Club. Hey, what's up, weirdos? It's Mark Splude, and I am the host of the Spludcast. But you know, you should probably know that already, shouldn't you? You don't know what I'm talking about, right? Everyone listens to my show. What's the point of even doing a commercial? Well, listen, just in case there's one poor bastard out there who doesn't know about it, it's the best damn podcast in the world, and you can find it every Thursday on iTunes or Podbean or wherever you get your shit. Get my shit. It's called the Spludcast. Check it out. Download it. Sit down on your ass crack of Dos Equis, Fire up your favorite sativa and driver right the fuck into you. Boys Club. Is it called Boys Club because my apartment looks like a boy lives in it? I wouldn't say a boy lives in it. I would say a boy is kidnapped somewhere in here. Boys Club. We're everything. We're true crime. We're, we're world true. star hip hop. world star hip hop. We're Netflix reviews. Stories of the day. Boys Club. Listen. Yeah, do it. We're on iTunes. We're on Spotify. Uh, I think. Uh, no, we're not. And on Google Play. Nobody gives a shit. Boys Club. Boys Club podcast. Now with 90% more sound clips of black people. Boys Club. Touch me, and I'll sue. And this is the after show review. The after show review, yeah. Well, dun, dun, dun. well you were just saying that. We theme would... music. Yes, we do. Do, do, do. The after show review. That's, <laughs> that's, you're in fucking. Listen, this is your podcast, so you're in charge of all the music. Oh, yeah, well, you know? there you go. Yeah. Do, do, do. <laughs> There's your music. I hate the music. I don't have a mixer. I hate the music. I, I know that's fucking obvious at this point. I think you hate the person. Uh, just look at me like. <laughs> I hate the music. You meant to say person. Wow. Well, yeah. To be honest. I was relieved as soon as Andrew got up there, because that's, you know, when, when you're doing it at a bar like that, sure, it's a ticketed show, but it's still a bar. It's not yeah. a comedy club. Yeah. And uh, I always see how the host is doing, like, you know, you kind of gauge their attention by that. And, the, the, you know, he had their full attention right off the fucking hop. It was a perfect show, man. Andrew killed it. He's in this thing in the 90s called Backyard Wrestling. Me and my friends used to do it. Uh, it's called Backyard Wrestling. If you don't know what that is, it's Backyard and Wrestling. I can't fucking help you out. It's too early. <laughs> to this day, we still have all these VHS tapes of me and my friends wrestling. And a buddy of mine was like, you should get those transferred to DVD so that the memories last forever. I said, I don't know if a guy who looks like me wants to walk into a DVD transfer place. You know, I have 16 VHS tapes. All eight hours long. <laughs> Nothing but boys wrestling on mattresses. <laughs> if I do that, I'm gonna turn around and the first thing I'm gonna hear is, Oh, you're done, bud. Long, I'm chomping at the fucking bit. I can't wait to get that microphone in my hand and get those fucking people in my other hand and uh, fucking party time. I, I, think, I think at the core of it, that is true for me. But I remain 
Terrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> I'll be terrified. I was just describing the look on your face. Yes, I, I will be terrified right up until the moment that I take that microphone out of the stand. Exactly. I, uh, last place we went was Kentville, Nova Scotia. We got high and threw axes. It was awesome. <laughs> Met a couple of heterosexual or metrosexual lumberjacks. And uh, they're like 21, and they had big beards and flannels, but no, you know, brand new flannels, like bright flannels. <laughs> Looked like they were all auditioning for an Old Spice commercial, you know? And I was like, hey man, cool beard. And he's like, beards make me look manly. And I'm like, well, there's hair on a pussy, but that doesn't make you a man, so. You know, last night, I did a real fucking comedy. Yeah. Uh, Real comedy, you fucking killed last night. It's beautiful. Thing of fucking beauty. And uh, such a great feeling after feeling like maybe I'm not gonna pull this off. I'm 42, she's 32. I don't know if you've ever tried to fuck someone 10 years younger than you, but it's a lot like stepping off a moving truck and just expecting it. It's like, oh, it's okay. Grab a pull. Jesus Christ, what was reverse cowboy? They didn't do that. You don't have to gag on it. I'm impressed. Stop. What did your daddies do to you that made you so fucked up? It's not a high bar. I'm used to bush and like girls wearing sweaters. I never even saw a tit till grade eight. Why are you trying for the fucking cock juggling Olympics? <sighs> Coughing blood at my bedside. <laughs> A real tough bout, like just spitting, like. <laughs> no, I can go again, just wait. <laughs> Addictions are crippling, man. Mayor Toronto was a crack smoker before he died. He died, but like, he lived. You know? It's tricky, you gotta think about it. He lived, Doug Ford lived. And he gave hope. It's all in how you look at it. He gave hope to other crackheads. There's somewhere there was a gentleman sucking a dick behind a dumpster in Vancouver. And he was like, you know what? Sometimes. Sometimes uh, I'll be sucking this dick for this crack, but one day I could be mayor. <laughs>
to their, you know, if they're doing the dishes right now or maybe they hate their job and they're just kind of getting through their day and they're listening to my life and they're like, fuck, that would be scary. Trust me, at this moment, <laughs> I am so fucking scared. I haven't done comedy in three months. Now, having said that, I'm a 20-year veteran, yeah. whatever the fuck that means. Right. But you know and I know that whether you're, you've been doing it for 20 years or 20 minutes, you're only as good as right now. Yeah, that's it's, it. You're in the present. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, there, well, you know, there are people who bought tickets uh, to come out and, and see us make them fucking laugh. Yeah, them, we're the entertainment you know? for the evening. Yeah, man. We a, are Lunenburg's best hope of having pressure. a good time Exactly. Tonight. Jesus Christ. Exactly. It's a bit of pressure. It is a bit of pressure. It's a bit of pressure. You but know? having said that, this is not the first time someone has called you and I up and said, hey, here's a bunch of money to come tell your fucking jokes because we think you're good at it. That's true. You know, so you, at some point you got to you gotta believe and trust in yourself. That's you right. Know? And that's, that's what I try to do. You could play the numbers with that fortune cookie thing. Oh, you definitely could, man. I could fill a book with those. Yeah. They're about $2 at the grocery store for a, a bin of like 20 of them. Yeah. So I can just keep ripping them open, one through 20. Yeah. Every week. Yeah. <laughs> just get the pen moving again. Yeah, absolutely. See if there's any. Dude, there's. I'm because, telling you, because it would be a so random. There's a couple funny ones in there. Yeah, and and eventually I could hit the magic three together. Not only that, right? Not only that, there could be a story in your head of something that happened to you, right? Something funny that's happened to you at yeah. some point in your life, and you open this one fortune cookie, and that sparks that memory. Yep. And there's your bit. You know what I mean? But you're doing the process that's going to make that available to you. Right. Right? I think it's a great exercise, dude. It's actually quite brilliant. <laughs> it is. No, it is. It's fucking revolutionary. You know what's... Really? Seriously? You know what's really funny about that? Alicia coming through the door and seeing fortune cookies everywhere. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm really onto something, babe. <laughs> My husband's a comedian. She's like, I'm with the wrong guy. There's the bed. <laughs> Absolutely. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But you gotta go in that process to get it. Yeah. But yes. That there's there's how you do it, dude. There's the bit. You read the couple that you do. Read some of the terrible ones. Yeah. Right. Then read the good ones. Yeah. And then that is the bit. Yeah. Yeah, man. That's fucking beautiful. Boom, there's your bit right there. Unreal. Yeah. Fucking beautiful. An exercise turned into a fucking bit. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's how it's done, dude. Organic. This is why... It's, it's not forced. Dude, it's think, something we're experiencing in life. This is how we'd write all of our bits if this was our job. Yeah. Right? On the way from one gig to another, laugh and joke and just talk and shoot the shit. Oh, fuck that. You know, that's how you come up. That's how we got the joke, the new joke last night. Joke coming up, joke coming back. Yeah, man. Yeah. Fucking right. Oh, it's a thing of beauty. But the juices have to flow. And that's what's good about the exercise. Yeah. Of writing and talk. Like, you know, we don't always get this opportunity to talk for fucking five hours. No. Almost yeah. never. That'd be nauseating if we had to do this every fucking day. Yeah, it would be. But, on the other hand, if we were on our way to gigs, oh, yeah. there'd be enough juice in us to oh, fucking yeah. go... Okay, yeah, because well, we could do this every day. If we were driving right now to a show with money, and again tomorrow night and the next night, we, yeah, unbelievable. We'd, we'd have no problem. Ah, it was, it'd be the fucking dream, man, you know what I mean? But um, right now, we just take it one show at a time. Coming up on this mic, we're on it. Yeah, that's 
how much we have in common. Looking back on that trip, man, it was the greatest time I've had in months. I'm trying to think back, yeah, in December I did a headlining spot at Chuckles, which is a club I run. It's not as satisfying. It feels like I cheated, you know, because I run the club. Oh, I'll headline myself. The truth is I never headline myself. I don't want people to get sick of me. I don't even think I'm good enough to headline that club because we got some heavy hitters going through there and I want to keep the quality top shelf. Um, and for me, you know, I just think that I should be more reserved at my own club and not be so, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Braggadocious or content? No, what's that word? Pretentious. I do. I think it's pretentious to headline at your own club. So, but in this case, it was a charity and they were trying to keep their costs low. So I stepped up and I do that uh, sometimes to host mostly. Like I got a gig on uh, March 9th uh, for the Arthritis Society. And uh, so I'll be hosting that show. But just to keep the costs low for the, uh, for the charity. Um, but it's fun to be back in the stand-up game, man. Really really so exciting. Like I've never been more energized in my life. Really like 42, like just going to work every day. You know, I, I don't know. There's something missing from my soul, you know, like really. And, and, and getting to perform stand up is a blessing, you know, it, I never used to look at it that way. I used to look at it as such a, I don't know, an expectation. Not everybody is as fortunate as us um, in North America and other parts of the world, I guess. The West and maybe Europe. Wherever you can do stand-up. And I know there's stand-up all over the world. But um, <coughs> I just watched that uh, comedian's... Um, Larry Charles Dangerous World of Comedy on Netflix. <coughs> oh god, I'm gonna die. Anyway, um before I do I'll tell you about this show. And it showed comedians in, you know, Iraq and Nigeria and all that. So it's like we don't even understand how lucky we are to be able to just go and do something you love and make money doing that. And the dream is to supplement the income just with comedy and very very slowly i'm starting to be able to do that but it has been you know an overnight 20 year process the only way to do this is with love and that is point blank you know you got to love something to take such a hard road and there's no guarantee so I got to be satisfied with the only thing I do is go to towns like Lunenburg Nova Scotia and make people laugh that's got to be enough because if it's not if the pursuit is X if the pursuit is I want to get on Jimmy Fallon or I want a Netflix special or you know I may never get those things. 
And I have to be okay with that. And people who aren't are on a mission to get to a destination. And I just think it's so sad, like people that um, look forward to the weekend or look forward to, if I have this much money, I'll be able to do this. And that's just not, it's just not what you should do. Point blank, it's it's wasting your life. You really could die in the meantime. And I know I'm so dramatic, but you really could. Life is promised to no one. We're all on this journey and we're like uh, McRib, you know, from McDonald's limited time only. So... For all of this uh, being said, I, I guess the point is I had so much fun in Lunenburg. I w- there was some question about whether or not I would close the show. And uh, because I was scheduled to close the show, I didn't know that I was scheduled to close the show. And the guy that booked the show, Andrew Vaughn, a great comedian in his own right. Um, why do people say that in his own right? He's a great comedian, period. He's good. He's a, he's a very, very good comic, and uh, we book him all the time at Chuckles. And uh, he also puts together The Odd Show. So uh, he had me and Mark Splude and Matt Richardson and himself down in Lunenburg doing this amazing show. The bar was packed. Now, having said that, there's only about 60 people. But when you're right on top of them, like literally could touch the audience with your hands. They're, they're everywhere. They're all around you. There was a situation where the wall at the back had these booths. And if you sat in the booths, you would not be able to see the show because they had these walls. And the people were like standing up on the booths and in the hallway behind the booths to see us in the show. Like, And that's crazy to do that for almost two hours, to just stand and watch a show. And... They were not the perfect comedy audience because they would interrupt quite often, but they would interrupt with like positive reinforcement and laughs. So it was the the best case scenario for a heckler. Um, so for a heckler, for hecklers, plural. I um, I love that town. It reminded me a lot of St. John's, Newfoundland, like a miniature St. John's, Newfoundland. You know, all the jelly bean houses, uh, they call the jelly bean houses because of the colors. The fishermen would paint the houses so that they could see them in the fog and also so they could identify their boats. You know, if the guy with the orange house had an orange trim on his boat, they would know that that's Donnie's boat, Donnie's house. And that's kind of where the style originated, so I'm told. That's just folklore, hearsay. I heard a guy say it could be total bullshit, but it's all on a downhill uh, angle, all these uh, hills going down to the water and uh, then boats out on the water. And uh, yeah, I had a po' boy fish sandwich, compliments of the Grand Banker. We met the owner, I forget his name, very nice guy. Uh, It was his dream to put this thing together. The Grand Banker is a hotel restaurant, microbrewery, and pub. So we put them all together, and uh, 
yeah, it's it's an amazing little spot, man. Like it is very small. When you picture all those businesses being in one spot, you'd picture this great big mansion-like place, but it's not. It's more like, um, I don't know, more like a couple of big houses, kind of old colonial, you know, style houses. Uh, but like with a lot of decks around it, you know, and, uh, yeah, just a cool place, man. And the people were cool. Very cool. Except for one guy that tried to, uh, smoke my friend's marijuana. Um, that guy was not cool. He didn't, he didn't ask for it in a polite way, but he's the town drunk. And, you know, we talked to the owner there and they've had to kick him out for the last 20 years. The guy's got an incredible story, man. He was a waiter at this pub called the Grand Banker and he just eventually moved away and made his money and came back and bought the place that he worked at as a kid and uh, that's incredible man incredible story <clears throat> the show was just electric the energy in the crowd was just they they were starved for entertainment man they really wanted to laugh and they did they did they were a great crowd couldn't have asked for anything more. I, you know, I went on and on about how I killed. Everybody said that everybody else killed and stuff. But, you know, when I examined the, um, the audio that I, re I recorded my set, man, I can't tell you guys how important it is to record your set because I wanted to pick out some clips for this podcast and man, I, I cringe so badly. I couldn't even listen to myself. I was like, oh, because you hear yourself pausing and saying, but and and, and, you know, maybe a joke is not as funny as you think it is when you're saying it and they're laughing. And then you're thinking, oh, are they laughing because the joke was funny or are they laughing because they're a little too drunk? I don't know why I'm talking about all this shit. But anyway, it's always a struggle. You're always thinking about what should I because it has to be a little bit controversial. It has to be a little bit... in. It has to be interesting. How can you be interesting without being a little edgy or controversial? You know? I, I'm not sure. I don't know the answer to that. Um, I'm not interested in controversy either. I used to be when I was young. I wanted to say things that... <laughs> would really shock people, you know, but I, I don't want to do that. I really don't. But comedy is the art of surprise. If, if a joke is structured, like without any surprise, there is zero, um, joke. <laughs> There's no joke there. So you got to, uh, work all that out in your head. Uh, by the way, I'm very sick. So I am saying all of this in a sweated fever. Like you have no idea. I started to get sick yesterday morning and then, oh my God, I just feel like uh, I'm shivering. I'm, I'm hot. My face is red. My feet are cold. I ache all over. And, uh, I decided now would be a great time to do a podcast recording. Um, I had to uh, fill a little bit of time. My, the content wasn't very long, but this is just my stream of consciousness, my practice talking into this uh, microphone, and hopefully, you know, not being too boring, hopefully talking about something that, that you're interested in. I got to get people emailing me, man. 
I, I thought <laughs> one of my friends said, uh, I want to be a part of the podcast. I, I want to be, um, you know, I want to phone in and do the podcast with you. He lives in the West Coast of Canada. And I was like, man, I'd love to do that. But I don't know how yet. So as soon as I know how to do that, his name is Wes. He's a very, very funny guy. Oh my God, so funny. I used to work with him out in uh, Saskatoon. And uh, that's in Saskatchewan, Canada, for uh, those of my listeners who don't know what the hell I'm talking about. Um, And he would always, man, he was a bright spot in that job. A very bright spot. Uh, you You ever have that feeling like you meet a friend, you know, and they just get it. Everybody else is like, but why would you say that? Why, why would you tell people that when it's not true? Well, because it's like, uh, it's fun to say that stuff. And otherwise we're just going to Boston pizza and then buying a pair of boots. It's not fun. Life is not fun unless you make it fun. And the only way to make it fun is with great friends like Wes. And, uh, yeah, we, we've helped each other out through through some situations um, and, and bonded over those situations, you know. I, I was in a bad spot and he really helped me out, you know. Like I can't say it any other way. And uh, yeah, vice versa. I'm not, I'm not ashamed of admitting I was, I helped my friend, you know. And sometimes helping people is rewarding, you know. You, you, you build a better friendship. Um, anyway, the point is, I don't know how to take phone calls yet, but, uh, I'm just a baby in the podcasting world, but we'll figure it all out as time goes on. Man, I love the content of this podcast. I think it's so great. Um, so pumped for everybody to hear it. Um, the trip to Lunenburg was a rebirth. It really was. It it was, ah, can't wait. And then I find out, After 10 years, um, I'm returning to Yuck Yucks as a comedian. Um, This is all very shocking and confusing. And I'd have to tell you my whole life story for you to understand. But basically, I was competing against uh, Yuck Yucks because I opened... um, Chuckles Comedy Club. And actually, it was even before Chuckles Comedy Club, all I was doing was producing comedy shows. Like, I would book the comedian, fly the comedian to New Brunswick, I would rent a venue, I would sell tickets, I would, and then I would open for the comedians and I would select a few local uh, comedians in New Brunswick to open for these comedians, and I called it Shane Ogden Presents. And I. Loved it. I had so much fun. And uh, Yuck Yucks didn't like it so much. You know? They thought they thought of me as a competitor. And, um, you know, I called. I, everyone, you know, all the comedians, they, they call Yuck Yucks, right? And, uh, or email them or whatever and <clears throat> request that they be booked. I'd like to be booked in Halifax. I'm headed to Ottawa for my uncle's wedding. I, you know, do you have any spots you know, I could host or, and they'll work you, you know, that sometimes they'll work you. And, uh, yeah, I called like 10 years ago, right? 
I call I called Yuck Yucks and I said I'd like to be booked in Halifax and the gentleman that I knew for years said I'm afraid that's not possible and it, sh it was shocking because I had already been you know um, featuring and headlining their clubs for the decade previous I said oh what's what's going on and he said well it's just that you're doing your own thing now and that was it and for 10 years I was, I have been independent. I have set up my own shows and it's been, I don't regret anything and I, and I'm not, I don't begrudge them. Yuck Yucks was a great place to start and now I am returning to Yuck Yucks and, and it's such a weird, you know, Yuck Yucks is the world's largest chain of comedy clubs. That's what they say. I don't know if that's true now. But it certainly was true for a long, long time. I think they started in 77, if I'm not mistaken, in a church basement. And the host would have a cane and pull people off the stage if they weren't funny. I read this all in Mark Breslin's book, Control Freaked. And for those who don't know, Mark Breslin is um, the founder of Yuck Yucks. Anyway, fast forward to today. I had an exchange with Mark. I, I, I emailed him. I sort of pled my case, said, you know, I don't feel like I'm competing with you because, you know, in, in, in terms of a comparison or an analogy, if, if Yuck Yucks were McDonald's, I would be a hot dog cart. That's the analogy I used. And uh, he said, yeah, you're right. Well, let's, let's book you. So I did uh, do one show at the St. John Yuck Yucks, which has now um, closed. <clears throat> but this is the real return, man. April 4th till 6th, I will be either hosting or featuring um, at the Yuck Yucks in Halifax, Nova Scotia. So for some reason, I'm getting booked a lot in Nova Scotia. <laughs> Not a lot happening in New Brunswick. Uh, but I do have uh, my charity gig that I'm hosting March 9th. So I am, I'm getting back into stand-up. And I've been talking to uh, Splood about getting my own uh, show going here. Um, you know, on the podcast. And he's been helping me uh, figure that out. And I'm getting back into the creative side of me and, and after being um, kind of having my toes in both swimming pools, that's a terrible analogy. Um, I'm able to focus a little bit more on the comedy right now. Now, a couple of things are happening to make that happen. Um, for one, I'm not working as an electrician right now. Um, there's just not a lot of work at the moment for that profession. So I'm booking more gigs and I'm, and you know, running, uh, chuckles is, uh, is a feat in itself. So all these small streams of revenue are coming in to keep me afloat at the moment. I don't know what miracle is making this happen. I have a, you know, real expenses, you know, a couple of kids, a couple of dogs, this is really all 
Um, and I can't thank my girlfriend enough. You know, she's, she's carrying a lot of the financial weight right now, which is, you know, she's amazing. What can I say? Um, but I'm still bringing home the bacon one way or the other. It's still, um, coming in this week. I'm working a bit of a labor job. Uh, and that's great. You know, I have to be sort of choosy about how I structure the, the sentences that are coming up. I, I want to be a full-time comedian, but I have responsibilities and, and that's, that's fine. I just want to do what I love more often. And I don't really care if I have to do other stuff in the meantime. I just... I know that now now I'm 42. You know, I, eight years and I'll be 50. That's what I keep thinking about over and over, you know? Like I have eight years left or something. Um, now is the best time to live... For me, this is, this is it. I feel like this is the last, the last push. This is the last thing I have. Uh, after that, you know, Pappy's going to sit in the sun porch and whittle a little sailboat and chew on taffy. <laughs> and I don't want to even fucking think about that. You know, I, I don't even want to think that I'm going to not be doing comedy or making people laugh, but it seems like the older you get, the less in touch and relevant you are with audiences. I don't want to play the senior circuit. <laughs> I don't want to be doing comedy at the seniors home, but I also don't want to necessarily perform for a bunch of kids either right I want to kind of perform for everybody and I guess I really have to search for the humanity in my comedy you know everybody wants to be loved everybody wants to be rich everybody wants certain things so I have to talk about those things and and sort of distance myself from all of the depressive side and make people happy make myself happy and I'm really looking forward to that journey and I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I look forward to uh to the upcoming episode man episode three is going to be great um I am opening for James Mullinger uh at the Capitol Theater in Moncton on March 8th and he said there's 400 tickets gone right now and that that theater holds 800 people people. So, uh, I'm going to get 15 minutes in front of those people before I introduce James. So, um, I could do that. <laughs> I could really sink my teeth into that. I am so looking forward to shocking the audience at my skill. I'm no chump, man. I've been doing this for 20 years and, uh, yeah, I got a good 15. <laughs> That's not a brag. 
most people that have been doing it 20 years got like four, five, eight hours of comedy. Me, I'm like, yeah, yeah, I'm good for 15. And uh, minute 16, you might want to tune out. But I guess that's the um, low self-esteem side of me coming out a little bit. I'm not, I'm not Jekyll and Hyde. I'm like Jekyll and Hyde and Jekyll and Hyde and Jekyll and Hyde. I have like eight different personalities all fighting for dominance in my brain. And I just hope the loving, laughing, fun uh, person that I was in Lunenburg um, can keep coming out. Keep coming out to play, Shane, if you're listening to me. Because every other part of me, every other version of me, is not who I feel like being. All right. See you guys next time. I mean... I won't see him, but you know what I mean. Hey, Just all started naming who our uncles were. <laughs> <laughs> uncle Brian. I'm Bruce uh, Bones. Uh, uncle Lonnie. I don't remember my uncle. So anyway. Uh, <laughs> for the better, huh? Clayton. Yeah. I don't remember what I'm Oh, that does saying? sound like a bad uncle. Clayton. I don't remember what I was saying. He's in the war. I can't remember nothing. I wish Hacksaw Jim Duggan was my uncle. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Oh! What are we, improv troop now? <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs>